Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 2. And then we're going to hop over a little bit to Genesis. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time in the Gospel of John as well. But Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 2. This is a very familiar Christmas passage, and this is what the Scripture says. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. As they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. I don't know everything going on in your life this morning. Uh, I don't know if your car ride here was absolutely chaotic because your kids were screaming. Uh, or absolutely chaotic because you were screaming. <laughs> but the one thing I know true about you uh, is that Jesus absolutely loves you. Uh, and that as we lean into this truth of this passage this morning, uh, my only hope is that that would be revealed to us as a community together. So as we dive into the scriptures, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that as we read your word, it reads us. We thank you that your word is alive and active. We thank you that as we come to it, you desire to give us revelation from your word. So I just ask that right here and right now this morning that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight. That all the words that I would have prepared would fall flat and that Jesus, you would speak today. That Holy Spirit, you would move in our hearts today. That Father God, we might be found in the rhythm of your grace today and the light of your presence. We thank you for your word. We ask that you would give us revelation of it. In your mighty name, Jesus, all the beloved said, Amen. Uh, show of hands real quick, how many wonderful beloveds in this room already have their Christmas lights on their house? Anybody? Come on! If your hand is not in the air, you're missing out. You are absolutely missing out. Uh, Christmas lights, uh, they are one of the first indicators of the Christmas season. Have you noticed that? Lights spring up all around the city and in the neighborhood, appearing on houses, trees, and businesses all over the place. Lights are put up in preparation for Christmas. And I absolutely love Christmas lights. They bring joy and steer my heart into the truth of Christmas and what it's all about. They're a deep reminder of what is on full display here in Isaiah chapter 9 of what we just read. Christmas lights are one of the main themes of this season. But for a reason far deeper than you and I might be aware of. Verse 2 in the scriptures of what we just read, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a land of deep darkness... A light has dawned. This verse alone brings massive realities into our lives. The first reality is that the world is a dark place. The people walking in darkness, assuming and claiming that you and I, without the light of Jesus, are stumbling around in the dark. The second reality is that a light has come. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On them, a light has dawned. Now, maybe you're familiar with this Christmas passage. It is rather famous. But are you familiar with the realities that it is claiming? The reality that we are in utter darkness without this light. 
that you and I are stumbling around, stubbing our toes, damaging our hearts, and absolutely dwelling in the land of the shadow of death without this light. That yes, Christmas is incredible, and the truth that it brings changes everything. But in order for our hearts to even come close to grasping its reality, we must first realize that without it, we are in complete darkness. That the truth of that darkness is found in the fact that we did nothing to produce the light that has come. Because you see, so much of the time we can easily admit together that the world is a dark place. We can easily admit together that, yeah, things are dark, but we can put an end to that darkness. That through some creative innovation or intellect, you and I collectively, we could put an end to that darkness. That's a common lie that you and I believe. But you see, the message of Christmas is that we cannot put ourselves back together. The message of Christmas is that we are in such darkness that there is no hope within ourselves. But take heart. A light has come. A light has dawned. Not from anything in this world, not from us, but from outside of the world for us. To invade the very depths of our darkness. To bring the true reality of God into our awareness by the light of His presence, mercy, and grace. Christmas lights are these incredible reminders of this message that the light has come. His name is Jesus and he is here not for a great story to tell but with good news. To rescue all of humanity from the darkness that you and I cannot rescue ourselves from. And so often we can very easily downplay this Christmas story and the massive new reality that it invites us into. But for Isaiah, this coming light was not just to provide a solution to the immediate threat of darkness. No, even better, the light of Jesus and its arrival was going to bring about a renewal of creation itself. Remember the story in Genesis 1? The opening pages of Scripture. Maybe you're familiar with it. The Lord God, He is creating the world. And this is what the Bible records. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Darkness in the biblical narrative refers to emptiness, evil, ignorance. Meaning that in the Genesis, the Lord God fills the emptiness with light. Declares that it's good and says in this light is how you and I will move and work in the reality of the living God who absolutely loves us. But then as many of us know, the brokenness of humanity enters the story. And that is why Isaiah in this moment is declaring that the people that God loves, you and I, because of our sin, are in darkness, empty evil, and even ignorant to the reality of the living God. So because God absolutely loves us, he comes again to his creation. And again, just like that of Genesis 1, says, let there be light. And this time, let the light of the living God be found in God himself in the person of Jesus. That the light that comes at Christmas, that is coming into the world through Jesus, will not just provide momentary through the immediate threat of darkness for us. No. 
it brings with us a whole newness of reality for humanity. Even better, the light of Jesus and its arrival will bring about a renewal of creation itself. Because you remember how the Genesis passage ends? And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Meaning that the light that dawns upon the people at Christmas, that is Jesus, brings a new first day for all of humanity. How do we know for sure? John chapter 1 echoes the Genesis passage and declares the fulfillment of what Isaiah has spoken. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. You ready for it? Here it comes. In Him was life, and the life was the light of humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Or even better, John 8, Jesus declares himself, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Or maybe even more incredible, when Jesus died on the cross, Matthew 27 records that darkness fell over the land. Why? Because the light of the world descended into darkness so that we could experience a new reality as described in 1 Peter 2. That we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That the light of Jesus is a new first day for all of humanity. That is the reality of Christmas. Because the light that comes at Christmas is the new beginning for the people that God so deeply loves. The living God declaring, I see my people who are in darkness and I will not just give them earthly relief. No, much better. I will set into motion through my son Jesus the renewal of all creation back to myself. That the real joy found at Christmas is that when we realize that the darkness is in us and there is no answer for it within ourselves, but that the Lord God who loves us declares he is the light that is coming for us, not just to make our moments more merry and bright, no, but better, to bring about renewal of all humanity, that the darkness is no match for the light of his love and grace and presence, then the question should be, how does this light become ours? How does the light that comes at Christmas become ours? How do we live in it as the true reality here and now? The Isaiah passage goes on and in verse 6 it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Most of the moments around Christmas time are focused on the birth of Jesus. That's the first part of the verse. For to us, a child is born. But the light becomes ours. The application to all of our ordinary moments is found by the truth of the second part. To us, a son is given. How can this light become ours? To us, a son is given. It's a gift. How do we know for sure? Because just before this, in verse 5, Isaiah talks of a great battle. He talks of a great battle of all of the earth, but he says, burn the boots and the garments, for you have no need of them. Someone else has already fought the battle for you. Someone else has already stepped into the darkness on your behalf, swallowed it up in the light of his presence and goodness and grace and love, for to us a son is given. Yes, just about any child on Christmas, what it's all about, and they'll just say the gifts. The gifts that they cannot wait to receive. And isn't it just awesome that Jesus says, truly I say to you, unless you receive 
the kingdom of God like a child, you shall not enter it. To us, a son is given. The darkness that we're in can be set free by the light of Jesus, but we must receive the gift. We must receive the son that is given. All of Christmas is about receiving this truth. The truth that there is no answer within ourselves for this darkness. And in the joy of repentance, receive the Son that is given, that is the light of the world that awakens us to the new reality of the living God. The light becomes ours when we readily admit that there is darkness in us and ask the light to invade all of our ordinary moments. To really, truly believe that Jesus is the only source of rescue. To really, truly believe what it declares in verse 6 and 7, that the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of His government of peace, there will be no end. That the light that comes at Christmas to this world is the only answer for the darkness within us. That the Son is ours for the receiving. And like a child on Christmas morning who cannot wait to tear open the gift, would we tear it open and experience this new reality of perfect love and perfect grace? Remember that was you once. A kid at Christmas morning who could hardly wait to just tear open that gift that you were receiving. What's got your heart denying that inner kid? What lie are you believing that says this gift isn't for you? What pride are you wrestling with that is only darkness keeping you from this light? The light that has come at Christmas declares the darkness is no match. Are you nervous that the light might expose you? The truth, that is what light does, isn't it? Exposes. But what if the most true thing that the light that comes at Christmas exposes about you is that the God who created you absolutely loves you? What if you enter into this light and it exposes the most true thing that you could be found in yourself as being a beloved of the Most High God? exposes your most true identity. Let there be light are the words of our creator in Genesis 1. A light has dawned are the words of the prophet Isaiah. I am the light of the world is the declaration of Jesus. What if you allowed the God who spoke light into the darkness to speak light into you? What if you allowed the God who spoke light over the chaotic waters to speak life over your chaotic life? Let there be light in your insecurity. Let there be light in your anxiety. Let there be light in your sickness. Let there be light in your marriage. Let there be light in your shame, guilt, or fear. Let there be light in that darkness that feels so thick that it might even win the day. The God born at Christmas, he's the light of the world. And his reality is not that maybe when we turn on the lights, we'll maybe, maybe find a God who loves us. No. The reality of Christmas is that a light has come. To reveal the truth and expose the truth that we are so deeply and madly and passionately loved by the God who created us. This isn't a good story to tell about what might happen. This is good news of what has already been done. This is Jesus coming in the light of his radiance to expose the darkness and eradicate it forever and invite us into a new reality. How does that light become ours? There's this famous passage in, in the Psalms. It's Psalm 23. Maybe you're familiar with it. It's the one that goes, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That one. And we love this psalm as the body of Christ collectively because it gives us comfort and peace. But have you ever seen it with the true reality that the light of the world has come at Christmas? 
You ever looked at it through the lens of Christmas and tied it to the incarnation of Jesus born into the world for sinners like me and you? How can this light become ours? How does the light come at Christmas wake, make its way into our ordinary moments? Psalm 23. All of it. It's right there. Look at it line by line. This is what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. Who were the first to hear the good news about Jesus? Who were the first to hear that the light had actually come? Shepherds out in the field. Outcasts and exiles invited into the story of God because Jesus is now the true shepherd. I shall not want. For the birth of Jesus is the fulfillment of all things and satisfies the desire of every living thing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. That's Jesus saying, remember, I am the living water. If you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. That is why I have come in the green pastures. Because remember, in me is life, for I am the light of all humanity. He leads me in paths of righteousness. For the king born at Christmas is righteousness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of deep darkness. But remember Isaiah's words? But on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Oh, this one's my favorite. How do we know you're with us? Matthew 1. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means... God with us. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, that's the holy communion that further tells us the truth of Christmas being a renewal of all things unto Jesus and a new covenant on display for all of the people who God loves. You anoint my head with oil because at the birth of Jesus at Christmas, he is the anointed king. Anointed in his birth, anointed in his death, anointed in a burial, and anointed in his resurrection. And you and I are co-heirs with Christ and anointed alongside him. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But how? Well, remember, my name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And in the increase of my government of peace, there will be no end. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the Holy Spirit now alive in us. That's the new heaven and new earth that can come now in the kingdom of Jesus because of Christmas. Psalm 23, the Christmas story. Top to bottom. Who would have thought? But are we sure? After all, whose lineage did Jesus come from again? King David. Who wrote Psalm 23? King David. But wait, what does Isaiah say? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. He will reign on David's throne and establish his kingdom and uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forth and forevermore. So you mean to tell me that the light that comes at Christmas to people walking in darkness brings a whole new reality? Even better, it illuminates the reality that God is right in front of us and with us. The light that comes at Christmas exposes the most deepest truth. And if, like a child, we will receive the truth of Christmas and receive the truth that the light has come, our whole lives can change. Can wake us up with wonder and kindness lead us to repentance, eradicate the darkness, can invite us into a whole new way of living with the light of the world who moved into the neighborhood, put on skin and bones so that the light that shines in darkness might expose the most true thing about all of humanity. And that is that we are absolutely loved by the God who created us. That the one true God looks at us 
and desires us. Because to really see Christmas is to really see the gospel. And the only way to see the truth of the gospel is not by our efforts, but by the light of the world coming in grace to illuminate the reality of the living God and expose that Christmas is not that we can put ourselves back together. No, the message of Christmas is that we are in such darkness that there is no answer within ourselves. But take heart. A light has come. A light has dawned. And his name is Jesus. And he loves you. And he is working for your good and his glory. And he is bringing a renewal of creation this Christmas season.